This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated. Like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Join myself, X and Mark Wald at the next West Ham Way pre-match event which features a live, interactive Q&A with one of the best players to ever wear the shirt, Alan Devonshire. This event is before the Man United game at O'Neill's in Leytonstone on Sunday the 19th of September with all the usual benefits included. If you are a non-Patreon, you can get your tickets through Ticket Taylor, and if you are a Patreon, you can put your name down on the list and pay a discounted rate on the door on the day. We hope to see you there. Listen to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week, with the absence of a game, we're taking the time to review the transfer window. Was it a good one? How would we rate it out of 10? Does it matter that we never signed a striker? And how confident are we with the squad available going into what will be a very busy season? X will be giving us his weekly roundup before ending with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, firstly, how happy are you to see the back of the window? Oh, mate, absolutely <laughs> delighted. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's, I'll a, bet. it's honestly, it's like, a, I can't explain it to you, like a whole weight taken off your shoulders. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and also, particularly, uh, the window goes on for what? 
well, it's from whenever the season finishes, basically. So about May till um, August the 31st. And it just feels like you've got to constantly be on the ball. Like you've mm. constantly got to check your phone. You've constantly got to call people. You've constantly be a step ahead. And as it closes on that window, when things start to really speed up as well. I, on Wednesday, because obviously I'd spent all the transfer deadline day doing what I did, I felt seriously sick. Like, honestly, really, really ill on Wednesday. And I think it was because I just spent the whole day on my laptop, on my phone, watching Sky Sports News, speaking to people. And I honestly thought like my brain was frazzled so so it's an absolute relief to, to have it over and and then they get all the sort of the journey along the way of people getting frustrated that there's no transfers and mm. you know you have to deal with people losing their crap all the time in transfers i don't i don't know why people get so worked up about it personally at the end of the day what will be will be you're either going to sign someone or you're not going to sign someone and the squad's going to start with a certain amount of players so it's not going to start with them getting stressed and worked up about it it's not going to change it is it so no. I, don't know, I don't know why people do but anyway it's like a drug people are addicted to transfers and yeah i am bloody 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 glad that it's over I'm not gonna yeah. lie. do you think if anything this window has taught us to be a little bit more patient because we went from causing havoc as West Ham fans. And I think even me and you slipped into it at times in terms of starting to panic. But actually, until that final whistle is blown on a transfer window, it's not over. And we'll come to how much we rate the transfer window. But do you think we do actually need to be more patient until that final second is, is over. A million percent, mate. And yes, you and I did panic a bit, but but I kept trying to stress to people the domino effects of transfers. You know, yeah. we've, like, for example, I don't, again, I won't go too much into it we're going to talk about it, but Zuma, you know, Zuma, they wanted to get rid of because they wanted to sign Kunde. They never actually ended up signing Kunde in the end, but they wanted to get rid of him to, share, to create that space and create that money. So had they not wanted that to happen, um, Zuma wouldn't have been for sale. You look at Flasic, you know, he wouldn't have signed um, because they wanted to sign Lingard originally, you know, but then when they realised that Lingard wouldn't sign, then he was the next target. And and sort of everything has that kind of domino effect waiting to the very end. You know, even like Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, uh, in my opinion, and I'm going to cause controversy already from the start, the best player in the world. I, I have him slightly ahead of Messi. Um, he, his transfer went right to the last minute as well so i think west ham fans and football fans in general but particularly west ham fans just need to relax and just let it play out the way it plays out um if it ends up that we don't sign the players that we wanted us to sign or we don't sign anyone then you then lose your shit or whatever because you know it's factual but Mm. anything before that you know anything can happen yeah i agree with that well we'll get into the specifics shortly but generally speaking how would you rate this window out of 10 um, I think I'd go with either, a, I'm going to go with a 7.5. And okay. the reason I'm going to go slightly not as high as perhaps I would have liked is because I still think we need a striker. That That's the that's the main thing for me. Now, look, we've improved in every position in terms of the spine. You know, we've got a goalkeeper, we've got a centre-back, we've got a defensive midfielder, an attacking midfielder. So in terms of the spine, you know, we've done really well. But the ultimate spine at the top of that, line is a forward and we've still got just Antonio and yes they're saying that Flashich I was going to practice saying this name today that's annoying I forgot <laughs> so I don't know if I'm saying it right or not I saved a video from Nick Stamper I was going to listen back and I've forgotten <laughs> um, but um, uh, I 
I think we just haven't got that forward. And again, if Antonio gets injured, yes, we've got possibilities of playing Bowen, Yarmolenko, uh, Flasic, uh, and is that it? Probably. Um, up front, um, it's still they're still not out and out strikers. And mm. and I just think we needed one striker, even if it was a loan or a free transfer or someone from the championship, a bit of a, a bit of a gamble, that at least there was some sort of competition. But that's so that's why I go seven and a half. I think we've done well. I think we've brought some good players in. I think Zuma's a great addition. I think the the, the rest of the, the signings are all good signings. I just think we needed one more. Yeah. I mean, I'd say seven out of 10. I think we've recruited well, good positions covered, apart from a striker, like you say. And to be honest, whilst I know Bowen can play there and arguably Yarmolenko can too, it blows my mind how Moyes never saw that as a priority in the window, especially with the amount of fixtures we have this season. But that said, I trust the gaffer. He's earned that trust. So we have to go with his judgment. But it is a strange one though, X. Because like you say, we don't have one natural striker in the side. And from his angle, he's like, well, unless a top quality striker is available, then I'm not really interested. You know, I don't just want to sign players for the numbers. And I I do understand that. But if you don't sign someone for the numbers or you don't sign a top player, that leaves us in a really vulnerable position, especially with Mickey's injury record, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, like, he's number one target supposedly unless the unless my source has massively got this wrong and given on the form i had over the window i'd be surprised mate his number one target was abraham yeah but they were told that we were told or he was told or whatever it may be that it was too much money but it was actually the same amount if not slightly less for him than it was for flasage yeah so yeah. so we could have afforded him and yes it's nice to have another attacking midfielder like him and he seems from the it's hard to judge but from the youtube clips i've seen to be a talented player um i would have rather abraham's in some ways because he's an out and out striker who's already as i predicted he would be banging them in in italy you know i think he's already scored two or three and got like a few assists and the Roma fans are already taken to him. You know, I think we should have signed him um, and we should, we should have signed him early on for that price in the window. And, you know, it was said, it was said that he didn't want to come to us. That's why I sort of changed my stance in terms of us going through because I think the club did want to sign him. They decided he was too much money, um, but it was a case of he wanted more money to join us, if that makes sense. Uh, he would have taken more money, less money to play for like Arsenal or Roma than he would have taken to play for us because he saw those as bigger clubs possibly um, and also the, the the club didn't you know seem to convince it, um, him that they valued him at that much either so but that was my biggest disappointment I would have loved to have, us to have signed him um, but on the whole like I said if you take that side out of it I think Armstrong as well it's who's gone to Southampton or Ings if I'd signed any one of those three forwards I'd have been really really happy but as we didn't, that makes it seven seven point five for me. Yeah. So just to clarify, then, you are categorically disappointed with the signing of Vlasic. You think he's fucking pony. Um, <laughs> you would much rather sign Abraham's or even his cousin who plays semi-pro than Vlasic. Is that fair to say? No, not at all. What what, what, it, what it was? that I'm, I'm delighted that we've signed him. I just don't understand why I didn't sign Abraham. I re- I really would have loved it. Honestly, if we'd signed Abraham as well, right? All the players that we've got plus him, I'd have said that that window was a nine or a ten. 
you know i yeah. really think with yeah. abraham on top of that you know possibly you could argue you needed maybe a left back on a, on a uh, to give competition to cresswell maybe but but that's been quite picky. If we had if we had another forward, Abraham in that mix, I'd have given it certainly a 9.5. Yeah, no, I do agree. Well, I know we signed some youth players, but let's talk about the senior signing, starting with Nikola Vlasic. Do you know much about him? Because I've got to be honest, X, I've never seen him play. And prior to us being linked with him, I'd never actually heard of him. Do you know much more than I do? Um, we obviously had a little spell at Everton um, in the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, do you remember his well. time there then? Not really. I see, I can remember them signing him. Uh, he's a name that I, I had heard of. And you know when you get linked with a player, I think, oh, I've heard of him. And it's either that I've watched them play international football, which is rare, or they've been you know involved in some point in the Premier League and I remember him playing for Everton and I remember thinking he was a bit raw from memory um and but had talent and I think that's probably how you would sum up his spell at Everton but he's got a lot of goals and assists from attacking midfield in Russia. Yes Russia isn't perhaps the most um of established and leagues but it's not it's not a mugs league you know they're fairly decent standard in Russia um and you know he plays for Croatian national team Team who are a decent national side. Um, so I think he's got a lot of potential. He's very skillful, it seems, you know, got good feet, um, works hard. And, he, and as he was described to me before we signed him, is a Jesse Lingard type player. And you see the impact that Jesse had. So hopefully he can have the same impact and ages on his side as well. I think he's what 26, is he? Something like that. Um, so I think he um I think he he seems a decent signing. I mean, I must admit, I can't claim to, to know much about him. You know, I mm. couldn't, if you'd said to me, right, West Ham are signing him without looking stuff up about him, I wouldn't have been able to tell you much. No. Well, apparently he's an attacking midfielder that came through the academy at Hajduk Split. Um, he's already had 28 caps for Croatia. Uh, he's got Champions League experience with CSKA. And in 2017, like we just discussed, he actually signed a five-year deal with Everton uh, for £10 million, which at the time was a record fee for Hajduk Split. Apparently, Ronald Koeman really liked him. But when Marco Silva came in, he was deemed surplus to requirements. So after just 19 appearances, he was sold to CSKA. Fun fact, interestingly, he is the younger brother of world champion high jumper Blanka Vlasic. <laughs> Excellent. Well, maybe he'll be good in the air. Then. Yeah, let's hope so. Is it his dad or his mum or someone a sports person as well? Uh, I don't know. If you could just be fucking happy with the research <laughs> I've done, I'd appreciate that. Um, you, always, you know, research is usually my specialty. Yeah, that's pretty, why. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure his mum or his dad's also a, an Olympian as well. But uh, that's your homework for tonight, mate. You've done well. I'll give you a C. Give you a C. Yeah, but maybe he is good in the air, like you say, and maybe he'll raise the bar for everyone else. Three. Three. <laughs> Get in there. All right, what, 10 minutes in, we fucking oh, smash it out of Dad jokes are flowing. <laughs> <laughs> but has he been signed as a first-team player or a squad player expected to compete for a first-team place? Oh, no, I'd say as a first-team player. I mean, the problem... That where, gonna, where does he come in the next? Well, this is it. This is, this is going to be the issue, isn't it? Because at the moment... You don't. You can't start him against Southampton because the the three of Bowen, um, Ben Rama, and uh, who am I saying? Ben Rama and uh, Fidels, Fidels, The three of those have been absolutely superb, haven't they? So you, you can't drop any of them, um, and so he'll have to be on the bench. 
Um, and then we'll just have to take it from there. But he he certainly come in, I would say, for that money to be a first team player. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with competition for places. I think that's no. healthy. So that, that that that's a good thing. I spoke to Stevie Lomas in the week, and he really likes him. He's seen quite a bit of him at international level, and his words were, "We've signed a great player there." So, really? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he likes him a lot. He thinks he's a really good player. So, let's hope he does well. the name Stevie Lowe, that's well played. I did, yeah. Well, I could have said an ex-player, but I thought that's a bit yeah. boring, really, isn't it? And I'm yeah. sure Steve would be comfortable enough just being, uh, you know, used as someone that just gave an opinion on a player. So, there you go, Stevie Lomas. In the week, it, told me he likes him. I think he'd be proud to be associated with being your mate, mate. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you'd be happy with that. No reason not to be, really, no, is there? No, um, I mean, he's played for Man City, friends with the Gallaghers, but yeah. what, what next? Friends of Walker? That's, that's well, there you go. I mean, you know, watch this space for selfies, unlimited selfies. Me and Stevie <laughs> Lomas out on the Raz, you know? Fucking hell. Great, he was great like, to be fair, when he came to our event, um, that was a working man's club, wasn't it? No, have we had him, have we had him twice or is it? Have we had him just? No, I think club? we've just had him at the working man's. No, 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 we've had him at both. We've, we've definitely had him at both. Have we? we had, Obviously, yeah. a memorable second appearance. <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely have because we had him at the working man's club, and he got the coach to the to the ground with me. Yeah, I love remember, that, which was brilliant. He was singing all West Ham ch- uh, uh, chants on the coach, and then I remember <laughs> I remember him being at um, O'Neill's because he brought his like. He's, was it his mum and his stepdad and and his uncle and his auntie or something like that? There was you a did? load, yeah. There was a load of them and they were at the bar and we were talking to him. For, you for sure this weren't some sort of weird dream that you had? No, no, no. It definitely happened because then we got us lot, like as in them, Steve Lomas, me, Wardy, my dad, all got like a massive kind of like mini bus thing to the ground. Really? Yeah, definitely happened. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, you went on the mini bus, but it no, I don't remember him being at the event. No, he was de- honestly, mate. Look, look it up in the history books. He was definitely at owner. There'll be people listening to this show that were, were there. Right? Do you know what? I'm actually thinking now. Did he tell the story of John Moncur having a shit in the bath with Frank yes, Lampard Senior? Yes, yes, yes. Do you know yes, what? Yes. I do remember. I do yeah. remember. Well, you do you know what, mate? We do so many of these things, events and interviews. I think I, f- I forget more than I remember. And I think that's more yeah. my memory as opposed to a, a testament to their performance at these <laughs> points. But yeah, I, I, no, I do remember. I do remember. And do you know what? Steve, he's, he's such a fantastic fella. And when he does oh, this yeah. kind of thing, he's like a stand-up comedian. I mean, he yes. has everyone belly laughing with his stories wow. and, and how articulate he is and the way he delivers things. He's really funny, Steve. And, well, uh, and he knows to... his football as well, X. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's hoping to come on the podcast soon, isn't he? Yes, so he is, that'll yeah. be good. Uh, okay, let's test your trivia a bit further. No, what, what country was he born in? Northern Ireland. No. What do you mean, no? <laughs> That's not the right answer. That's what I mean. <laughs> Well, he played for him, though, didn't he? He did, he did yeah, but he wasn't born there. Oh, I tell you what, mate, it's a great pub question, this. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. He was born in Germany. Was he really? Because I think, uh, from memory, from reading um, Hammers News magazine, do you remember going down to the, uh, yeah. off, off, the off-license and buying that every month? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But how dare they charge? By the way, might I add, <laughs> <laughs> I used to, I used to pay a good three pound fifty or four pound for that. Got absolute. Scudders. I know. 
Shysters, old... making money out of West Ham fans. Exactly. Fucking disgraceful. It's not old school, is it, mate? <laughs> it's not what West Ham fans do to each other. Um, oh, anyway, no, oh, he was born in Hanover in Germany. Oh, do you know, I never knew that. Which was actually West Germany when he was born because it was he was born in... I'm looking, I'm using Wikipedia. Now I'm not that knowledgeable, <laughs> but he was born in 1974. And obviously the Berlin Wall came down in 1989. So he was born where, whilst there was the divide. But um, and the reason he was, and this is from memory, I can't bother to read his Wikipedia page. I think his dad was in the in the in the army or something. So he was stationed in Germany at the time. And then uh Stevie was born and uh could have could have played for Germany, Northern Ireland, probably England, I guess, somewhere down the line if he if he wanted to. Are you just trying really hard to be better friends with him than I am? Um, quite possibly, yeah. I'm a bit disappointed I didn't speak to him during the week, uh, considering I gave you his number. <laughs> but but um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm better friends with Stevie Lavis than you are. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we'll ask him when he's on a podcast, put him on the spot, see <laughs> yeah. what he says. <laughs> like everyone, it will go for you. I'm not having that humiliation. <laughs> oh, I agree, actually. In terms of Alex Kral. Yeah. It's a bit harder to get information on him, but from what I understand, I think he's 23. Um, he's a holding midfielder on loan from Spartak Moscow. He's a big lad, six foot one. Started his career at Slavia Prague, which is a club that we've all become very familiar with. Uh, he's had 23 caps for the Czech Republic, and he seems to be a ready-made replacement for Deck. I think, from what I can see, if he gets injured or suspended. How do you feel about Alex coming in? Would you know another bit of trivia about him? Um, oh, you're the gift that keeps on giving. You are, aren't you? Um, he was in The Simpsons. No. Yeah, like Sideshow Bob? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he does look like him. He does look like a bit of a budget David Louise, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, actually. Yeah, he does. Um, see, interesting side of this, because this is, a, this is a really weird transfer, this one, because at the start of the window, I had it on very good authority, and I, and I put it out in my massive list of um, eyes, thumbs up, crossed irons, which was just perfect finger up to everyone that said I hadn't had any news this um, that window. So I put... I, I put put out a tweet where I'd said, and it was about probably the start of June, might even been late May, um, that West Ham had agreed personal terms of him. And I had it on very good authority that we had. And then um, obviously um, a couple of sites decided that we hadn't and rubbished that story in and he didn't join West Ham. And I was told the reason he didn't was because we didn't want to sign him um, permanently because um, of his performances in the Euros. We were a bit concerned that he wasn't actually that good in the Euros. And maybe yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't great, was he? No, and maybe he wasn't a, the, as good a player as we thought. And then obviously again the whole domino effect as things occur it, uh, it became apparent towards the end of the window that you wouldn't necessarily have to sign him permanently you could get him on loan which is the perfect scenario for West Ham because David Moyes I don't know if you remember at the start of the uh, Euros had identified him as one of the five players to look out for yeah so they obviously they obviously rated him but didn't want to take a permanent risk on him well this works out for both parties now because he can come here for a, a season and he can play himself um, uh, you know play to get a contract basically and um, I think he's a Good signing. I think the fact that you know he already knows Suchek and Chappelle really well, that their teammates they did that cheesy welcome video. Oh, it was awful, <laughs> wasn't it? It's was so funny. Yeah. It was so West Ham. Like yeah. they all look so awkward. I'd like to introduce it to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. That, I was gonna it? say, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to somebody. <laughs> 
don't know if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone like 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 from the Adams family or something. Like he's, 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 but yeah, but even to look at, he's like Lurch, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, I guess so. he's that sort of character. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. And, and Shafal looks like a bit of a serial killer, I think, as well. So it's like a, the combination of the two of them introduced. Yeah. This guy. Oh, fucking hell, from Sideshow Bobby. Now you've got a right fucking freeze on there, ain't you? Fuck me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's good for, like I said, team spirit. I mean, those two Czech players have been unbelievable for team spirit and, you know, the, the happiness around the club and stuff, throwing another one of their mates into the proceedings. And I think, brilliant. And it's getting a little bit <laughs> cheesy that we keep signing <laughs> Czech players from Sparta Prague uh, or have some connection to them. But, yeah. but also, it's actually it's Slavia Prague. Which one is it? Slavia? Slavia. 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 Sparta's their rival. Slavia. Um, yeah. It, it, but at the end of the day, if it works, it works. You know, I'll take I'll take a whole team of them if it means we're going to do well in the league, you know. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, he, he, fair play. I think, like I said, obviously, Noble, Noble's retiring at the end of the season. Deck's future's unclear. So you're going to be looking for central midfielders. And if he can do well this season, then um, then great. And also, like you say, he's got the experience of playing in the Russian league and in the Czech league and things like that. So if we have some tricky um, Europa League away days in countries like that, then, um, then he's more than used to it as well, which is good. Yeah. Alphonse Ariola. So I know that this was an earlier signing. We both spoke about him, but... From what I understand, he came through the academy at PSG. A couple of things I didn't know, actually. Um, he had loan spells at Lons, Bastia and Villarreal. And it was at Villarreal, I don't know if you know this, X, that he broke the club record for the most amount of minutes without conceding a goal. 620 minutes, X. Just over oh. 10 hours of football. Didn't um, know that. No. Uh, and he returned to PSG in 2016, where he made over 100 appearances. Didn't know that. <laughs> um <laughs> And then in 2019, he joined Real Madrid on loan. So he then joined Fulham on loan. And uh, we know how impressive he was there before coming to us. So X, I mean, a player of the year. A player of the year as well. Yeah, 100%. We could potentially have one hell of a keeper on our hands here, couldn't we? Oh, mate, you don't play for Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid and the French national team if you're a mug, do you? Let's be honest. No, no. no he's, already, he's already had a season in England um, with Fulham in a side that got relegated and he was named their player of the year. Now, that means that he's had to save a lot of shots, in my opinion, because the fact that the club still got relegated and he was player of the year suggests that you know he was saving a lot because they still conceded mm. loads. So he must have Same conceded. as Fab with Swansea, wasn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. So, and I think, you know, he's what is he 28 29 is he something like that yeah. um so he's at the right age for a keeper um again i like the fact that him and zuma are obviously um french international yeah. teammates and they've got if they both come into the team they've already got someone that they've played they've played with um i think he's a great signing obviously i've only seen him play for fulham really but he was impressive there i think he had a great game against us i seem to remember i seem to remember him and lookman other than that appalling penalty playing mm. really really well against us <laughs> last year and um so yeah i mean at the end of the day 
at the moment, although I don't think he should be in much longer, he's our backup keeper. So you've got, you know, two very um, established um, keepers there competing for the, for the number one spot. If you think that Randolph is still there, you know, an Ireland international, that's not really ever let us down. David Martin is still there. And then we've got about four <laughs> very highly talented young keepers. Mm. You actually have a, an 11 aside team of keepers at this point. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I know. I know. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he's really i think he's really um settled in well from what i can tell i think it's helps that his name is the same as a bosom and i also think it's um <laughs> helps that there's that rap song isn't there that goes that was it african girl adiola english girl fiona that song um, i think i think the, i think the players particularly Declan, these mates have picked up on the um you know Ab- abiola sort of um part of that oh really song. yeah and like that's the you know the um you know, I think I think, and I might be wrong, and I apologise for sound like that embarrassing granddad went and talk, tries to sound cool and young. But I think you know when Declan scored that goal against Southampton, and he did that sort of reversing backwards um, uh, celebration. Yeah, yeah. I so. think that I think that's from that song. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so oh, so I, I bet think, he's had some fun with that since. Yeah, I, think, I think he has. So, so yeah. So I think in that respect, that's probably been uh, quite quite good for um for him. But he seems like a decent fella, you know. From what I, I obviously don't know him, but from what I've heard um, and what I've seen on like, Instagram, he's regularly posting things of his family and stuff. So seems like a decent chap, and you know he could be our number one for for many a year if he does well this season. Yeah. And I think we both agreed in last week's show he's got to come in at Southampton, hasn't he? I think so. I just, I've been saying it for a long time now, as you mm. know, on this show and taking quite a lot of stick from patrons, to be fair, about my, this opinion, but I still stand by it. I just don't think Fabianski's been the same um, since he had that serious injury. Um, you know, what was it? Bournemouth away, was it? Or whatever it was, he picked it up. He's not been horrendous, and you know he's been a steady keeper. But I just don't believe he's hit the standards that he created when he was Hammer of the Year. And obviously he's thirty five, thirty six, so those standards are only going to decline anyway now because of age. So I think it probably is the right time to start looking to to move him on at the end of the year if he's happy to take a you know another one year contract as a backup. So Ariola, I may offer him it, but um, but I think for first team. I think that's the one, it's the only position each week now that I kind of have, and a little maybe sent back a little bit, keep thinking, oh, I think he could do a bit better there. Yeah. So, so it's good to have competition now. Yeah. We're talking to centre-backs, finally Kurt Zuma. Yeah. Now, in his early years, he also played as a winger and as a striker. Did he? Before cementing his place as a centre-half, where he made his debut at just 16 for St Etienne in France. In 2014, he signed a five and a half year contract with Chelsea for £12 million. And in his first season, helped them to a League Cup win and a Premier League title. So, not a bad start. He's had loans with uh, Stoke and Everton. And obviously, he's now at West Ham. X, I think we know enough about him. And it's fair to say that it's a signing we're both happy with. Yeah, I'm really happy with this signing. I mean, at the end of the day, he's 26. You know, he's 27 in October, but he's he's at the peak age for a centre-back. Yeah. He's got perfect Premier League experience. I think he played over 100 times for Chelsea. And if you include that, plus a season at Everton and a season at Stoke, you know, Stoke's not the most glamorous of teams, so he's roughed it up there. Um, he's played at the very top for Chelsea. I think he was in the Champions League starting 11, I think, from 
memory um, in May, so which they obviously won. Um, and he's, he's so he's played at the very top level. He played a full ninety minutes for France yesterday. So the the guy is quality. You know, you just don't play for these teams and be that good. Uh, and not be very good, I mean. Um, so, yeah, great sign-off at a decent fee as well. You know, 30, just under 30 million um, is a good fee for uh, someone of that credential. Apparently, he's a really, really nice lad as well. Really good bloke. Like, gets on really well with the, with the team. Bit of a joker and stuff. So, as I said on previous shows, I think the crucial thing is not just the player's talent, but is that they're going to fit in with this team spirit and the squad. And mm. I think you can say Shafal has. You can say Lingard did. Um, you can say Suchek did. You can say Bowen did. I think you can say Crow will because he obviously he seems good mates in the chat lads. I think you can say Zuma will. You know, he seems like a, a good a good. Bloke. Too. So, I think we've got a very good player there. He's strong, he's powerful. You know, I know quite a lot about Chelsea. You know, I hate to say I don't like Chelsea, I don't support them. I'd say in the top four of my most hated teams. Um, but in terms of my knowledge of football teams, as approved in a number of windows, and this window, I know quite a lot about Chelsea. So, I know just through people I know that I know that they were hesitant to sell him because they do think he's very, very good. But they had Christiansen and Rudiger who have only got one year's left on their contracts and haven't signed new deals yet. So if they was to sell them, they would have gone cheaper. Um, they've got uh, Thiago Silva, who's like 37, I think, probably got one more year left in him. And they were really, really, really dilemmaing whether to let him go or not. Um, but they decided he was probably the one that, that get the most value for money in terms of selling it. And I think that's really worked to our benefit. And out of all the centre-backs we linked with, I know lots of people wanted Milenkovic because he, you know, done well for Fiorentina and stuff, but he's, but he's got Zuma, the crucial thing that I always think is so important that he's got over, you know, 150 appearances in England. So he knows, mm. so we know that he can do it in England. When you buy someone that's never played in England, it's always a gamble. You know, Sebastian Hilaire being the prime example, Mm. had a great record in Germany and France and, and Holland and stuff, but actually in England wasn't wasn't cut out for English football. So you don't know if that had been the case with Milinkovic versus Zuma, you know that he is. So I'm Mm. really pleased with that signing. I I, spot on. I reckon he could be a captain of the club eventually as well. I mean, obviously, depending on Declan's um, destination and what his career shapes out to be, I reckon there'll be times when Zuma does captain us. Mm. Interesting. You heard it here first, people. There you go. It's an opinion, but it's an opinion based upon knowing his character. Yeah. And character is a massive thing, like you say. And going back to Alex Crow, apparently he's a good lad. And I just wonder if, you know, on the first day when he met the lads, he walked in with Thomas Suchek and Thomas said, there's somebody I'd like to meet. <laughs> well, I don't think they've had that moment yet. Like, oh, they know. So that's also that's all to come, mate. So watch this space. If if West Ham um, website has any um any sort of gall about it, they'll put that on live a live feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to somebody. <laughs> Your impressions are so good, mate. Honestly, if, if we ever if we ever become, I'm not sure about that one. If I'm honest, no, it is. And I'm I doing think, that for shits and giggles. I'm not too sure that one's going to. No, it is. Such it, a I, I think if we ever go full time with this, mate, we do need to have a day's impression of the week. I honestly think we do. But I think honestly, put it out to the patrons. I guarantee you, they'll be up for it. Yeah, yeah, but I've only, I've only got a certain amount of lock and OMX before that becomes a little bit boring, you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, I can to... pull Matthew Kelly out a few times, but there's only so many times I can keep saying, <laughs> Come here, you. 
I'm glad you said pull out, not pull off. <laughs> I think I think I think what what could be the feature though is that if on the week before the patrons give you like a a, a person to do an impression of, and then you've got a week to practice until you come back, <laughs> I reckon you could do it because Fuck I've seen know, nothing like putting you on the spot. I it? know, but I've seen you in action before. I've seen you like if you if I say to you right, do an impression of I don't know I don't know why this person just came into my head, but Kenny Dalgleish, right? You'd look him up, you'd look at him up on YouTube and stuff, and you'd practice, and then you'd do it well. I've got every faith. I actually think I'm going to propose this as a new feature. Well, do you know what, mate? They they have to have a distinctive voice. Yeah. That is the key. Yeah. It's not not an everyday voice. They have to have a distinctive voice. That's that's uh, the key. Yeah. So maybe if people put suggestions in, you can yeah. actually pick the one you're most comfortable with. <laughs> maybe I don't, I don't know. This is fucking spiraling out of control now. <laughs> um, but listen, without question, the biggest Willy Wonty of the transfer window was Jesse Lingard. And and firstly, on last week's show. You said there was a private meeting booked between West Ham and Jesse's representatives. I yeah. would say, how did it go? But I'm guessing not very well. But the problem is with Jesse Lingard is that he's got very dominant family members in his life, right? So he's got his brother, who's his agent, um, who I don't think is like overly dominant, but he's got his dad. Now, I have to be careful what I say, because obviously <laughs> these sorts of things you have to you tread on a bit of like thin ground with at times, but his dad was apparently adamant they didn't want him to join West Ham. Now, part of the reason was he's got a young daughter who lives up in Manchester. He's obviously got a house up in Manchester. He's got um, friends, family. It's the club he's been with as a kid, the club he supports, the club his father supports as well. Um, and he had a lot of pressure externally to, to stay at Manchester United. And I think Oli Solskjaer, maybe didn't give him, like, you're going to be a starter, because obviously he hasn't been, but said to him, you're going to feature enough this year to make it worth your while. You know, if you stay, you'll be involved in games, you know, probably the cup games, the uh, Champions League games, and there's a couple of injury and stuff. Um, and I think that was enough to convince him. Now, whilst he loved his time at Manchester United, there were... He was up and down with the move to West Ham. I said right at the very start, he wasn't going to join West Ham. He really didn't want to. And then there was a little period where he kind of started to waver a little bit and think, okay, I might do it. So he spoke to West Ham. And I think it just turned out that with he's in order to come he would have wanted a lot of money um and to make it worth his while and to be able to convince his dad but i wouldn't i wouldn't rule out him never playing for west ham again you know i, I don't think he's going to play for manchester united much i mean look at it really you've got like greenwood you've got ronaldo you've got cavani you've got Mata, you've got um sancho you've mm. got uh, rashford when he's fit you've got i'll probably miss a couple out there martial yeah. yeah martial you know you've got hundreds of them that are that are kept him out the first time and we'll probably keep him out the second time so i think come january you know unless he signs a new deal by then there were six months left of these contracts you could probably offer a deal to manchester United where you say look five million or whatever for the loan for five ten million for the loan and we get his and we sign him at the end of the window or something like that i don't know but um he he was just he was just pretty clear his dad and it's interesting because i've had that confirmed like by a couple of people very close that his dad just was like, no, you need to stay at Manchester United. And he's, he's obviously Ronaldo 
was his idol as well as a kid. I think he Lingard put a load of stuff on Instagram when he was like a little boy meeting Ronaldo. I don't know if you, I only watched the first bit of the England game today, but I don't know if you saw his celebration for his first goal, did you? No, I didn't. Right, I, don't, so did, I don't watch international football, mate, which sounds terrible considering how well Dex doing, but I just have zero interest, you know? Well, apart from it was the Euros and you became the biggest fan. Again. Well, well, no, that is true. <laughs> to be fair, and, and that is the loophole. I'm a bit of a, a, a glory boy, really. When we when it's a major competition, I do show interest and I do actually get swept up in it. But outside of that, even the qualifiers, which is actually something that gets us to these tournaments, I just find it hard to get motivated to watch, <coughs> which is terrible. It's my country, but it's just how I am, you know? It is when they're playing Andorra. I mean, it was a completely rev- like B team today. And they Excellent. I don't even know how we got on. We won 4 0. Right. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So Lingard scored two and set one up. No, really? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see the other goal. But the first goal I saw, I watched the first half pretty much. Um, he um, he did a. Uh, uh, or was it, he did a what's it called um, a Ronaldo celebration? So he did his Jay Ling's thing with his hands, but you know how Ronaldo runs to the corner and then goes mm. Soo, like that, you know, mm. with his hands. He did that. He As he go, I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> <It's> embarrassing. <laughs> it, sounded, it sounded a little bit not quite as aggressive as it should be, but then it's, uh, <laughs> it sounded very placid from where it, I was. It did, but the problem is all my kids are asleep, so I didn't want to suddenly shout. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think he, um, I think he's gonna stay there for the time being, which is maybe to the detriment of his career. I mean, he scored two goals for England today, so that's probably kept his place in the England squad. But, you know, if he doesn't play for Manchester United much, it's not going to be as good as playing regularly for West Ham and being a star like he was for us. But, you know, let's see how flash it does. You know, if he's if he's as, if he's as good or better, he's younger, um, and, he, and he's desperate to play for us. So I'd rather have someone that was desperate to play for us than someone that was unsure. Yeah, no, that's very true. And listen, I'm not saying it's the right move. But I understand why he stayed. I mean, look, he loves the club. His, his family obviously love the club. His friends love the club. It's all he's ever known. And if it doesn't work out, he can say he gave it his all. And at the end, he can sign for another club on a big fat wage because there's no transfer fee. Yeah, exactly. So it's a bit of a win-win for him, really. And, and, he, ne- and he never got to say goodbye to those fans either, did he? Because like all no. COVID and stuff, so no, at least now, exactly. I mean, not that I think they particularly like him. I mean, if you, <laughs> you read the Manchester United Twitter accounts and stuff, which is just an absolute car crash if you ever do. But if you do read their opinions all over the place. Yeah, well, but, um, Bob, though. They're all over the fucking place, aren't they? Yeah, so they... Um, <clears throat> they don't, I don't think many of them rate it, really, but this is, no. this is his choice. I mean, how disappointed are you to have not signed Jesse? Um, reasonably, because again, going back to what I said about Zuma, like we know that he can do it for West Ham. You know, we've seen him do it for West Ham. So we know that he has talent and we know that he'll be a good player for us. And he know that he'd get on well with the lads. So for me, it's disappointing. You know, I would have a, a window where we'd sign Abraham and Lingard, even if we'd only just signed those two, would have been a good window for me. Um, mm. So the fact that we didn't sign either of them, I do feel disappointed. I mean, I hope it's quickly resolved by the Croatian, but I it's a shame when you know the player's done that well for you and I just don't think he's going to feature at Manchester United that much. I don't want to put you on the spot because I know this is a bit of an awkward question, but we've signed four players and we spoke about who those four are. Would you rather assign those four or Lingard and Abrahams? Mm, that's tricky. Uh, 
which would make it two. Because I'm really, I'm really happy with the Zuma signing. I'm happy with all of the signings, but I just know how good Zuma can be for us. But I, I think probably would have taken the other two, if I'm honest with you. Would you? If Lingard wanted to play for us, that is just because I think Lingard. You know, we we have pretty much the same squad as we had last year. Um, with but we just don't have Lingard. You know, so we did well enough without. You know, with um. All right, we've lost Balbuena, so we would have had to have had another centre back come in. But um, I think those two have been so good. I mean, it's difficult; it's all hypothetical, obviously. But I am happy with the window. I think the signings are all good. But it's just, I think Lingard. I mean, Lingard had gone off a little bit towards the end, hadn't he? Yeah, he wasn't he quite did, yeah. the same player the last sort of three or four games, five games maybe. But I just think he, you know, how he played for England's day as well, just shows that he is a quality player. I mean, he had he had another goal disallowed as well. It was for off. Side and it, and, it, and, it, and it was offside. It, it was clearly offside, but it was a good finish. He dinked it over the keeper. I say dinked it, he like properly chipped the keeper. Um, and uh, yeah, so I am disappointed he didn't sign, but um, you know, that's not the, the way it is, and uh, it's just a shame. But maybe we'll get him in January. Mm. Were there any other players that we were close to signing or really interested in that we didn't get over the line? Um, well, there was obviously those centre-backs that sort of went all here, there and everywhere, but we ended up getting Zuba, who was our first choice anyway, uh, a couple of forwards. You know, there was forward inquiries. We made inquiries for a number of French forwards towards the end, but you know, Bamba and Laborde and Delorte and people like that, we made inquiries for them. There's another guy as well. Uh, I forgot his name, which is annoying. I think it was like three letters, maybe. Um, we, there was um, yeah, inquiries for all of them, but they just ended up being too expensive or just not able to get on loan or too difficult to get over the line, um, which was a shame. Uh, I also find it a shame that Connor Coventry's got out on loan. Um, I think it's good for him in the sense that he'll be a Peterborough regular and he'll play all the time. And I hope he proves to everyone how good he is there. But I think... He, I know he signed Kraus, so I can understand the decision to allow him to go on loan, but um, it's just a shame. So I just think he's a very good player that hasn't quite had his chance, really. But yeah, it's interesting you say that because that was going to be my next question. Oh, was it as yeah. to whether you agree with that or not? I mean, do you agree with it? I know you understand it, but do you agree with it? I would have rather have kept Connor and not signed Crowell, I think. But now that we've yeah. signed, yeah, it's a hard one because obviously Crowell's more proven. You know, he's played international football. He's played all these leagues. But I do believe Connor's a very good player and you're just not going to be able to see it. But then, you know, Moyes, Moyes has said to him, apparently, go on loan, get yourself some good um, experience there in January. The loan can be cancelled anyway, so we can bring him back in January. Maybe they're going to say, right, get a season. You haven't had much loan football because he's only had a small spell at Lincoln. And then obviously that was cut short by COVID. So he never really has much. He hasn't got much first team experience. So go to Peterborough, get it. And then next season, Mark Noble, you know, retires, mm. and then who knows what's happening with Declan? You know, you don't know if we're going to sign Crow. So technically, we don't have Suchek. So you can you can say to Connor, like, if you can prove yourself, then next year's your year. But you know, he's a he's a top lad. He's 
a good player. He proved that in pre-season for West Ham. So I am quite disappointed. But at the end of the day, if Crowd comes in and does well, and Connor does well on loan, and then comes back to be an even more complete player, then I think that's good. I'm pleased on Rebecca, who's got on loan. I know that sounds weird, considering I said we've got no strikers. Mm. But I feel the jury's still out on him. Now, most West Ham fans rave about him and say what an amazing finisher he is, and he'll score shitloads of goals. But my sources that watch him every day at the training ground and watch him uh, beyond joining for West Ham and things like that say to me he's not he's not that good you know like for example yeah for example Elliot Lee scored a lot of goals didn't he for West Ham and now he's kind of at Charlton you know, he it's easy to score goals in that league in the under-23s if you're in the right place at the right time. It's not easy to score goals. Yeah, but the thing is, though, X, how are you ever going to know if you can make that jump unless you're given the opportunity? Well, you're, well, you're not. And so this is why this loan spell is crucial for yeah, him. But that, yeah, but that doesn't prove that he can do it in the Premier League, does it? Well, if he goes to Huddersfield, which is obviously where he has gone, and he scores goals in a uh, uh, championship level, then I think it does prove that you've got something about you because scoring goals in the championship is usually a good platform to go into the Premier League. You know, prolific scorers in the championship more often than not transfer to the Premier League and he'll still be young. You know what I mean? Like 19, 20. If he can go to Huddersfield, score, you know, 15, 20 goals a season there, um, then, then I think that would do his a load of good and I believe that the jury is still out on him as to, as far as West Ham go they're not convinced they think he's got a great finisher one of the best finishers we've got in the club but obviously as Tony Cotty said at our events it's not all about finishing there's right. more there's more to being a forward and obviously you want your forwards to finish and score goals but unless you do the other stuff those opportunities won't come where you can finish things Mm, that's interesting. I mean, someone else that has ripped it up at times with the under 23s is, is Xander Silva. Um, for some reason, again, he's never been given a chance with the first team. He's now joined Forest on a permanent basis. Despite the goals, did we not just believe that he could do it at first team level? What was the story there? Well, mate, he's 24, firstly. Mm. So people forget, you know, people think he's a youngster, but 24 is not a youngster. You know, you need to be established by 24. Yeah, I, I forget that, actually. I, I forget mm. that. It's a bit like Josh Cullen. You, yeah. you know, you, you talk about these people as kids and they're not, actually, are no. they? I mean, 24, mate. We were like, like we said, we had Tony Cotty at our event. Was it, he had something like, by the time he was 21, he had like something like. 40 prim, uh, top division goals, you know, something yeah. along those lines. You also had the opportunities, though, X. Y- yes, true, true. But at 24, the, I feel like I'm writing off a load of youngsters now, which I don't like to do because obviously I'm very positive towards the youngsters. But all the Portuguese signings that we made, so that's him, Deju, and Coza, apparently. All three of them are not good enough. Just clearly not good enough to be in the Premier League, and and there was um, a period of time when we had people in charge of recruitment in Portugal who may not have, I guess, been the most qualified to bring in these players, and and I think that perhaps is going to maybe show. I'd be very very surprised if Deju or Cardoso play a game for West Ham again. Mm. But then and again, then, you know, you've got Tony Martinez. 
I mean, he was someone that was ripping it up at under 23 level as well. And he never really got the opportunity at West Ham, did he? And now he's playing Champions League football. Yeah, but see, he was slightly slightly different. I'm revealing too much here, really. But he was recruited by someone like that didn't know what they were doing. Uh, that brought in Declan Rice. That brought in a number of other players. Um, but just maybe didn't get the chance at West Ham. Um, and so... You know, it's depending. I mean, obviously, I've got people that I speak to that are giving me these opinions. I don't see them on training. I don't see them under twenty-one games, so I don't know. But the people who I speak to are incredibly knowledgeable and whose opinions have always been right, as far as I know. And they've always said to me that the, the Portuguese guys just aren't good enough. I mean, Xander Silva does have a twenty-five percent sell-on release thing in these contracts. I think I think he went for two hundred thousand, but there's wow. a twenty twenty-five percent sell-on. Call so if Xander Silva ends up being anywhere decent, you know, if he starts banging them in the in the championship, let's say his value goes up to I don't know ten million or whatever, and obviously we would get two point five of that. So there is some sort of um, cause for us to benefit from it, but um, yeah, I just I just don't think. I mean, in my opinion, he played against Birmingham in the cup, and I thought he looked all right, but. You know, you just have to really, really be able to smash it at under 23 level because I, I can't remember which guest we had on the podcast, but under 23s is not like the old reserve team football that we, you and I grew up associating with West Ham. You know, like you'd have your first team and then you'd have your reserves, wouldn't you? And then you'd have your youth squad. The reserves were always made up of like players coming back from injury or like first team players or players that, you know, um, had just moved to a club and needed to get settled in and stuff so it was always of a decent standard because you were playing against ex-pros that had made it and you know were trying to get their first team spot back so they had a real incentive to try and get into the first team um whereas the under 23s i know they're trying to make their career but they've not got the experience so if you're a good under 23 player you're not really tested until you go and play academy and uh, play first team football elsewhere so, so it's hard when these players look so good at under 23 level to yeah. really judge them. And the thing is, as well, like the these under 23 things, like who again, I can't remember which person we had on the show, but sorry, that's a weird noise. It's my house there. Someone um said, like, you've got under 23 kids that have opportunities to go on loan and play, like championship league one league two level and we'd rather just sit around the under 23s picking up their premier league wage and not really having any stress and that shows the sort of lack of what it used to be now don't get me wrong west ham are a premier league side that have just qualified for europe so to compete for a place in that squad or first team is is going to be difficult I get it. You know, if we was a League One side or a championship club, I'm sure we'd see more prospects given an opportunity. And obviously, the coaches that work with them every single day know a hell of a lot more than I do as to whether they are going to make it. But it does just seem to me that they don't get enough of an opportunity. It's like they, they get one run out, and if they don't fucking bag a hat trick, we don't ever see him again. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that's probably the case with Connor. Like, I would have liked him to come off the bench a couple of times this season, particularly when we were beating Leicester 4-1 and they had 10 men. You know, mm. why are they bringing on Noble? When we know what Noble can do, you know, we, you know maybe for sentimental reasons or whatever, but we know Noble can play 10 minutes in the Premier League against a 10-man team. What we don't know at the moment, whether Coventry can. So it's opportunities like that, I agree. The only thing I would say in the defence, though, is how many academy players with the exception of maybe Martinez, and again, that's in different leagues, have left us and we've regretted it. As in, you know, left us at a young age and have come back to haunt us. There's very, very few. Well, like, that, yeah, that, that's that's true. But then again, I look back to the likes of Josh Cullen, for example, who apparently, I uh, wasn't at the game, was the best player on the pitch when we played Juventus. He was. And, you know, this is a player who loves West Ham. He wanted to make it at West Ham. And, you know, he, he wasn't good enough to be part of the squad to compete for the first team, uh, for first team level, apparently. And now he represents his country and he's at a decent level in, in Germany. Now, I'm not saying Josh is a well Belgium. beater. Belgium, sorry. Mm. I'm not saying he's a well beater. But, you know, could we have not given a little bit more time to Josh? Yeah, you possibly. Know, the problem with I Josh. Know it's an isolated incident, but it, it, I don't know, X. It just seems to me that, you know, with these academy boys, I really think if the decision is made that there is potential, I think you've got to wrap them up in cotton wool. And as fans, we've got to get behind them and fucking give them the confidence and 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 see them run out when we're two new up, three new up, four new up. Not that fucking happens very often, <laughs> but you, you take my point. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't seem to happen ever. I mean, I don't know, like Odebeko, if he was good enough to be on the bench against Man United away, then there must have been something they saw in him. There must have been. But yet he comes on and he gets taken off again. Now, well, not he, was, going... he was dreadful in that game. Yeah, but fucking hell, because it's Man United away. Do you know what I mean? I mean this is a kid. You know, if, you, if you're going to selectively choose a game for a kid to come on, you know, it, against his old club as well, do you know mm. what I mean? At Old Trafford, would, was that the best choice? And then, talking of choices, you know, I, I'm not having a pop here, but you fucking humiliated the boy by bringing him back off against his old club. And then we haven't seen him again. So you know, he's, he's chosen for the squad. So is he good enough or not to be around these players? And I, I don't know. You know, we're supposed to be the academy of football. Yeah, I just don't see these players given the chances they deserve. Connor Coventry, I think, has had a fantastic preseason. Yeah. And we are going into what's going to be one of the longest seasons in this club's history. Why is he not here? Mm. What, is he, what more has he got to do? I do agree. See, on that instant, I do agree. I think I was disappointed. And, you know, I, I reported early on about him, Peterborough's interest right at the start of the window. And I knew what was going to happen. It was going to go right to the end, as it did, um, because they wanted to see if they signed anyone else, which they did. They signed Crowell. And obviously, they then could get rid of Connor. Um, and I didn't want it to happen. I wanted to stay around playing the. Carabao Cup playing Europe maybe and and try and make a name for himself. And it was funny because the Peterborough chairman, I don't know if you saw him on Sky Sports, but he said that they'd have the deal set up for the whole summer. And then obviously West Ham had said they didn't want him to go unless they brought someone in. And then, um, so he was on the bench for all of our previous Premier League games and the Peterborough chairman said he was literally sitting there praying that Connor didn't come on because he knew if Connor came on and played really, really well, which he thinks he will, because obviously he rates him um, then West Ham may want to keep him. Um, so you're right, it's all about opportunities and people get getting their opportunities and taking them. And I think 
as a, I remember when young players broke through. Now, obviously, I've had the privilege of the first one I can really remember was Matthew Rush. Matthew Rush is the mm. first one from memory I can remember being coming through and being really excited about and playing in the first team and stuff. And then, obviously, I had that. We all, or you did as well, had that spell where we had loads of them, where we had, you know, Carrick and Cole and Johnson and Defoe, etc., etc., etc. And it was really, really great. And then, and it gives you a real buzz as a fan, seeing someone come through your academy and be that good. So I do understand what you're saying. Um, and they, they don't get their opportunity, but maybe going back to Cullen, his timing at the club was unfortunate because, yes, he broke through that last season at Upton Park, so that, but he was really young then. The next few seasons, we were in relegation battles, and maybe, maybe the managers didn't want to trust a young kid in a relegation battle but mm. the, the, the the bottom line is he's doing well at Anderlecht and he's doing well at, for Ireland he's just got to come back and prove everyone wrong and maybe actually make it in the Premier League but uh, I do agree with Odebecker going on loan I do I think he needs to prove that he can score regularly and he's a bit raw at the moment Connor I think proved in pre-season that he can play for West Ham because he was playing against um, you know one game was against Brentford he played really well in that game Another game was against um, Atalanta. You know, he played well in that game from memory. Um, so he had all these games where he played well in, um, whereas Odebeku didn't have that. I think he needs a loan, but I was disappointed with Connor. Mm. Yeah, same, because whilst we bought Crowley, you look at the amount of games you're going to be playing this season. Mm. With Connor gone, you know, you're going to want to protect Suchek and Rice as best as you can. In the games that you don't really need them, there is a, an argument for two central midfielders to come in there. And that's probably going to be Crow and Noble. And as much as I love Nobes, those are the games where Connor should be playing alongside Crow or alongside Nobes. Mm-hmm. And, and I just really think, you know, in the season that we've got ahead of us, I, I, I don't know. I can only really think of four central midfielders that we've got. You yeah. know, you've got Rice, Suchek, Kroll and Noble. Lanzini's the other one they might play there. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is Lanzini. Yeah, I forgot about him. Um, I still think there's an argument that Connor would benefit more from playing 10 games this season than he would do an entire season at Peterborough. Yeah, that's just my possibly. opinion. No, I agree with you. And I, it's interesting because I did have this debate with someone close to Connor. I was saying that. I was saying, I think you need to keep him here for this. And they were saying that they believed he'd be better off on the loan. And, and it's arguments either way. The way that they've kind of compromised that, I guess, is that they've put in the release scores in January. So if Connor's even not playing at Peterborough for some reason, or West Ham need him, we can bring him back. It's the same as Odin Becker. Odin Becker's got that in his contracts as well. Um, just speaking of uh, midfielders, Fernals came on as a sub for Spain on the 63rd minute and apparently set two goals up. Quality. Yeah, so, yeah he's quality. turning into a really good player for us. Mm, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, good stuff. Well, good luck to the new boys. Welcome to the club. And of course, we all wish them well. It's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. 
Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way Podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is, I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this. And this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.